Hello, my name is Daniel Nenny, founder of SemiWiki, the open forum for semiconductor professionals. Welcome to the Semiconductor Insiders podcast series. If you have a topic you'd like us to cover, please post it on semiwiki.com and we'll get right to it. My guest today is Callista Redman, CEO of Risk Five International. Prior to Risk Five International, Callista held a variety of roles at IBM, including Vice President of IBM Z Ecosystem, where she led strategic relationships across software vendors, system integrators, business partners, developer communities, and broader engagement across the industry. Welcome back to the podcast, Callista. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to connect with you again. So open source is starting to gain momentum in the mainstream semiconductor industry. I see it quite a bit, even on SemiWiki, whenever we talk about open source. What's changed since you've been CEO uh, So for the last four or five years? So, you know, it's been an incredibly exciting time. Uh, we've seen widespread adoption. And, you know, the, the widespread adoption is really ranging from these smallest embedded devices where, you know, challenges around power consumption and space are paramount, all the way up to high-performance processing. We've seen folks getting into RISC-V, you know, from the earliest day, days of startups, all the way through to multinationals uh, who are looking to you know, sort of find that differentiation that is not possible on other architectures because of the design freedom that they see in RISC-V. So it's really, um, you know, over the course of the last four and a half plus years that I've been here, the momentum has been incredible. And we see, you know, these new proof points coming out every single day. It's absolutely a flood of uh, new announcements at any given time. Yeah, yeah, I, I see it as well. But can you point to one specific catalyst that ignited RISC-V use? You know, that's the fun thing about open global standards. There isn't just one catalyst. It isn't that, you know, the economics of and barriers to entry came down. It is not just simply the design freedom and flexibility that you have. It's not, you know, around some of the really cool technical attributes like a single hypervisor or, uh, you know, being able to work with, you know, reduced code size due to the, you know, picking and choosing just those specifications that you want. It's really the collective um, merits of moving to RISC-V, as well as, you know, so that maybe, maybe I'll call that one. You know, there's a lot of collective benefits to moving to RISC-V. But two, is, is it's on the business side, really. I mean, you know, we've seen this explosion in microprocessing where folks are adding AI or acceleration or beefed up security to workloads around the world in all shapes and sizes. And that explosion in opportunity has really ushered in a lot of investment. It's, it's ushered in not just, hey, this is a great technology, but also I can go build a business on it. Right. You know, as you said, engineering groups, large and small, are creating chips built around the RISC-V ISA. Uh, why is that? What's the feedback you're getting? So folks really come on board because of that technical flexibility. They realize that, you know, kind of building your own base ISA or even many of the, you know, kind of base level extensions 
doesn't make sense if others are doing the same thing. So, you know, engaging in RISC-V really reduces that duplication of effort at the foundational building blocks and allows you to capitalize on the differentiation, the secret sauce, if you will, to find that competitive nuance to build into your design to really win in the market. And win in the market could be in, you know, cell phones, it could be in data centers, it could be, uh, you know, any number of pockets. Uh, but engineers really like the challenge of kind of, you know, squeaking out that next level of performance or finding that, you know, robust security that they're looking for um, that they're not able to achieve elsewhere. And so engineering groups really love the sort of the, the creative aspect and the, you know, the implementation end of RISC-V and the ability to influence those specifications that will stand the test of time, right? I mean, in, in hardware, you build it once, you freeze it, and then you use those base building blocks uh, for generations to come. Right. But other than the open source aspect of the RISC-V ISA, what are the other advantages it delivers when compared to other architectures? So, you know, RISC-V is really an open standard. And if you think about how standards influence technology, uh, a great example is something like Ethernet. You know, prior to Ethernet, you know, data centers were sort of wired together based on proprietary networking. and one of the key things about, uh, you know, the the advancement to a global standard like Ethernet is that anyone could then participate in that ecosystem. So when you build on an open global standard, that is where, you know, you really have the capability to work with any number of IP providers. And that reduces vendor lock-in. It reduces tying your strategy to just one other proprietary decision maker. Uh, that gives you freedom from a technical perspective and from a business perspective. Uh, you know, global standard really opens up doors for development partners, um, supply chain, and markets. Okay, I agree completely. Uh, so is one chip segment using RISC-V ISA more than any other? I mean. Do you know, and if so, do you know why? RISC-V got its start at the uh, embedded end, and that's because, you know, in a nutshell, there was, it was a lot easier to plumb in a different architecture. Uh, as you move up the compute uh, chain or get into more increasingly complex workloads, there is a, you know, sort of a nuance of, you know, an expanded ecosystem and that expanded ecosystem needs to come with you. Uh, so these things do take time and we're seeing a lot of inroads going in parallel, um, you know, through automotive. Automotive is really, you know, growing fast and taking off. Mobile, uh, you know, bringing Android on board has been uh, really fundamental to a lot of folks in the ecosystem getting on board. And it's, you know, sort of all those chicken and eggs coming together at one time that creates that momentum and that groundswell effort uh, that you see then, you know, kind of taking on larger and larger um, volume in the market. So what can we expect from RISC-V International in 2024? What's coming up? 
So a lot of the things we're working on are, are you know, sort of tied to building out a, a strong ecosystem. We've got 75 different work groups going already on the extensions that we want to bring to Parity or better, Parity Plus to, you know, if it runs on one architecture, how can it run as well or better on RISC-V? So we've got a lot of those specifications moving uh, and we're going to uh, be focusing a lot more on things like ecosystem. There are two areas that ecosystem is really keen to uh, leverage. One is a streamlined and accelerated developer on-ramp. And that uh, developer on-ramp is really you know, construed most often as the developer experience. How can we ensure that our broad community is finding what they're looking for quickly and uh, seamlessly? Part of that is around uh, learning, uh, so we have certification to shore up talent, uh, but you know, really um, you know, that in parallel with our dev boards uh, program are helping to bring folks onto the architecture very quickly. Uh, the second area is really around uh, compatibility and certification. Uh, so we are building out the uh, on top of the profiles that we've done, um, our first platform. So this is a set of commonly used um, extensions that when composed together, create a good uh, blueprint that many can, can build from. So you'll see that coming out and in parallel with that, we're working on a more robust uh, compliance and certification program to go with that. And that will help our, uh, our community to work more seamlessly with one another uh, as they, you know, bring their implementations forward. Yeah, I, I think 2024 is going to be an exciting year. Uh, I think it'll be a, a great year for uh, semiconductors and RISC-V, certainly. You know, the RISC-V conference is coming up. Um, I'll see you there, I expect. Uh, can you talk a little bit about the conference? Um, maybe the keynotes, which ones stand out? Anything? So I'm very excited about the RISC-V Summit. We've had a tremendous amount of excitement from you know, sponsors who are coming in and you know, eager to show off their latest innovations to deep dive technical workshops that uh, sort of you know, allowed the developer community to come in, roll up their sleeves and uh, put hands on code uh, more immediately. We've got a couple of areas in the programming that are pretty cool. We've got like a, uh, a dev zone uh, where we're going to be showing uh, around 40 different uh, RISC-V implementations, uh, primarily uh, dev boards and kits. Uh, but you might just, uh, yeah, I think we're going to see a laptop there as well. Um, and then in, uh, in the keynote programming, we have something called uh, the launch pad. And we've got a good half dozen or so companies who are going to be showing off their latest products. So, you know, the depth of content around technical aspects, as well as some of the innovations and things that, you know, some of the largest investors in RISC-V are bringing to market are really testament to where the community is going. So you're going to start hearing and seeing a, a lot of big announcements. <laughs> you know, I, I can't quite... Uh, pull back the curtain on those yet, uh, but there are a lot of big announcements. Uh, you'll have a lot of great uh, keynotes. Um, you know, I, I get to give one, so I feel honored for that. We'll see here from uh, Ventana. Uh, Meta's gonna come and talk about some of the things that they're doing uh, in data centers. 
Uh, you've got uh, Microchip, they're coming in uh, to talk about uh, edge innovation. And, um, you know, we've got some other ones coming in now from uh, Qualcomm um, and also from uh, Alibaba as part of uh, some of their early lineups on, on keynotes. You'll also hear more from the software uh, side of the house uh, on what we're doing in uh, binary translation and other aspects there. Uh, you're going to hear from uh, Synopsys and uh, what they're engaged in on SOC innovation. Uh, and then uh, you'll also you know, kind of get some of our State of the Union stuff as, uh, as usual from Krista. Uh, as, and then you'll hear from uh, Imperis, uh, Red Hat. Red Hat's coming in to talk about uh, you know, what, where they see the future uh, and what they're working on in RISC-V. Uh, Andy's is, is going to be there, uh, CODASIP as well, and then, uh, you know, an, an interesting guy, uh, Ian, Ian Seth, he's the former Assistant Secretary of Commerce, uh, and he's going to talk about what it means in uh, some of the federal sector. And then you'll hear also, uh, you know, we'll have a, a, a chiplets panel. That seems to be a very uh, hot topic these days and how to compose uh, designs that really meet some of those workload demands. Yeah, chiplets and RISC-V are the two top trending categories on SemiWiki. It's it's pretty amazing. So I expect to see some chiplet stuff. And yeah, I have embargoed announcements, uh, maybe a dozen of them for for this conference. So it's it's on November seventh and eighth. It's at my favorite conference venue, the Santa Clara Convention Center. Um, do, do you know how many people are expected to attend this year? I, I expect it's going to be pretty busy. Uh, we think it's going to be pretty busy. We are expecting around 1,300. Wow. Yeah, that's going to be a good conference. Well, I will see you there, Calista, and thank you for your time. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to catch up with you. Can't wait for, uh, you know, the unveiling of all these announcements. I, it, it is kind of keeping us on the edge of our seats as we try and make sure we create uh, and shine the spotlight in the, all the right directions. Great. And thank you all for listening in. That concludes our podcast. Thank you all for listening and have a great day.